This time, Jonathan and I were joined by Jasmine Bible, the editor-in-chief of The Nest Magazine and our chief storyteller. Jasmine talked about the process of putting The Nest Magazine together, how she came to Nest by way of donuts, and the value that she sees in The Nest Magazine for our agents, consumers, and The Nest brand. Now, if you like our podcast, please share it with a colleague or a friend and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome, Jasmine Bible from Nest to, to talk about the Nest Magazine, etc. But for now, let's just get started and roll in. I mean, so you what do you, what do you do with the magazine? What is your role with with Nest Magazine and, and within Nest? Yeah, so my official title for the magazine is editor in chief, and to all different publications, that kind of means something different. But here at Nest, we're a pretty bare bones um, production, so really, it's just me writing, you know, every single word of copy that you read. Um, actually, now we've gotten a little bit of help with that. So I farmed some of that out to some of our um, our great team, some of our marketing team within Nest. But basically, I'm conceptualizing the overall issue of the magazine, like what's the, the, what's the focus of the whole magazine going to be, then every article within it. I'm interviewing people, going to different locations, scouting out new locations and finding new fun things. Um, and then, obviously, at the core of it, it's really a design magazine. So, finding beautiful house tours or new trends or new inspiring things to help people, um, you know, decorate their home and make their home a space that they're that they're proud of. So, that's sort of my role with the magazine. And then at Nest Realty, my official title is um, storyteller and content manager. So, I help develop all of our custom content that we share on our blog and our social media pages. And then I also handle um, all of our social media platforms, which we predominantly use Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So that's, that's great. And I think that, you know, there, there's probably not really, you, you'd agree with this. There's not many real estate companies in the country that a produce a magazine or B have a storyteller. And so that's unique. Uh, and I want to rewind a little bit, kind of your pre nest days. Uh, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your, um, your experience running a business uh, at sugar lips, mini donuts and, and how that uh, translated into time on uh, the Food Network and Cooking Channel. <laughs> yeah, so, um, it, gosh, it's been almost about 10 years now, but I started a little mini donut company, um, and actually the, the person I was dating at the time, his sister officially started Sugar Lips Mini Donuts in California, and we decided to open up a Colorado version. So we started out at a far- farmer's market in Denver, Colorado, And immediately it was just hugely successful. Um, They're little mini donuts that are cooked and fried and made to order. So it's sort of a whole encompassing experience for someone. They get to come up and watch the donuts being made and pick their toppings. And um, from the start, I knew that branding was really important. So it wasn't just like here we're slinging donuts at a fair, but I knew that the overall experience had to be something creative and unique. So from the beginning, we took sort of like a 1950s approach. So everything was very cutesy and styled. Lots of like silly hats. I wore a different hat every day, um, and poofy aprons, and and all sort of kitsch things that made it just sort of a standout thing at the farmers market. And we quickly became so popular that we moved into a food truck, and we had a vintage trailer that we converted into a mobile food truck, and that was hugely successful. Um, we had so much fun with it. It was a ton of work, but it was really fun. And we were scouted by Eat Street, which is a show that I don't even know if it's still on anymore on the cooking channel, but um, Eat Street came out and did an episode with us. And that was really fun. Um, kind of just filming, you know, what, what made us pick and what we were doing and 
Um, of course, that day that we were filming, like the machine broke down, which kind of happened all the time, but it was sort of funny for the show. Um, so that was really fun. And then we realized that a mobile donut shop doesn't actually work in the winter in Colorado because the temperatures are too cold and our Oriole would cool down um, too quickly. So we knew that if we wanted this to be a year-round thing, that it needed to be a brick and mortar. So uh, we moved this business from Denver to Copper Mountain, Colorado, which is about an hour and a half west of Denver into um, sort of like the epicenter of all the ski resorts. So we moved and opened up a little cute cabin in um, Copper Mountain, Colorado that was a freestanding business that was super cute and, again, really kitsch and styled with, like, stripes and polka dots and everything was 1950s. Um, It was really, you know, a whole experience. So kids came in and got to watch everything being made and pick their toppings and interact with the, the crazy donut lady, as they called me. Um, and then I think because of the Eat Street thing, someone, a producer from Scripps Network, who produces a show called Donut Showdown, um, saw us and they called and interviewed me and um, we went through this whole hilarious interview process and had to make videos and things and they selected myself to be on Donut Showdown, which was filmed in Canada. And so I got to choose um, like a sidekick. So I actually brought my dad with me and we went and did um, the Donut Showdown show, which is kind of like an elimination show. So it started out with three people and then you have to pick these crazy ingredients and then you make it on to the next round. So we made it to the next round. We were the, the final two. And then sadly we didn't, we didn't win the competition, but we know that our donuts were amazing. So it was really That's fun. It was, a, um, it was a bizarre experience to say the least, but it was really, really fun. Well, it sounds like a heck of an experience. Not many people have, and I could, you know, when, when we first met, um, I remember seeing some of the branding that you put together for, um, for your donut shop. And it was clear to clear to us at that time that you understood branding and you understood differentiation. Um, and so that was a, you know, a, a big piece of what you brought to the table. And in, in your early days at Nest, I do still remember having the conversations with you and uh, with Sarah Belkowitz and, and a couple other members of our team about, you know, what if we did a magazine? Like what would, what would the benefits be? What would, you know, what would it look like? And, and, um, I remember standing, we, we, you know, we made these decisions of, of kind of which direction we thought the magazine would go. And I stood up and remember standing up in front of our team of agents and saying, we're doing a magazine and here's what our vision is. And it was like crickets, like nobody understood it. But when the, when the, when the, when, you know, when issue one came out and landed in people's hands and their clients reached out to them and said, this is amazing. The quality is amazing. Then kind of, you know, agents started to understand it. So, you know, let's, let's go back to those early days um, when, when we first started having the conversation about, about Nest Magazine. You know, tell us about Nest Magazine and kind of how you, um, how you see it uh, kind of impacting uh, the, the Nest brand and, and, uh, and, 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 and our company. Yeah. So, I mean, I think initially we had thought about doing the magazine and I had a journalism background, so I had written for a lot of magazines. So I sort of knew what went into making a magazine. Um, I had never been an editor, of course, but I had, you know, a a good bit of experience writing. And I also had an interior design background. So some of my favorite things in the world are pouring over interior design magazines and having the opportunity to write my own interior design magazine was like, I mean, the, the greatest job prospect I could ever imagine. So the fact that you guys were interested in doing that was just, we were such a good fit for one another. Um, I was super excited and I wanted it to be 
obviously beautiful, but also useful. So because this isn't just going to a broad audience of anyone, because it's going specifically to our clients, we want to make sure that it's not just foofy and pretty, but also really useful. So I think that you know, sort of by investing in a beautifully designed 52-page printed magazine with no advertisements, which is completely unique for a magazine, really puts Nest far ahead of the game when it comes to the custom content. I think that early on as a brand, we realized that relating to our clients on a personal level develops a deeper and longer-lasting connection. And I think tools like the magazine kind of help solidify that connection and that relationship. So, Jazz, you know, this is the part, one of the things where we might want to cut what I'm about to say. Um, if listeners want a copy of the magazine, email me, jim at nestrealty.com, uh, and I will send you, send you out one, of our more, you know, one or two of our more recent magazines, because I think it's something that hearing you describe it, I mean, I'm, I, I see it on a daily basis, and I you know, touch and feel and smell it, but hearing you describe it is something that I would hope people would say, God, that sounds kind of awesome. Uh, I'd like to see what that looks like. Yeah, definitely. We have a free subscription list, so even if you're not a Nest client, um, yeah, you can absolutely sign up for a free subscription at nestrealty.com forward slash magazine. Very cool. But so taking, taking off on that for a second, what is your strategy behind, you know, developing that content plan? I mean, you've got this magazine, you have these ideas and the team, y'all work together to, to storyboard it. I mean, but how, do, what is your strategy for each one and how far out do you, you know, how far out are your stories in your, in your plans? Well, yeah. So when it comes to the magazine specifically, um, I think that we keep an eye on what else is happening in the design world. And I, I, still subscribe to a billion different design magazines and kind of understanding what they're doing and their points of view. So kind of just understanding the the national and the international design world um, is kind of where things start and just keeping, keeping a little bit of a pulse on trends, color stories, color theories, things like that, textile. Um, I love all of that stuff. So I always want us to be relevant, but I also want us to be attainable. So there's magazines that I adore like Dwell or Architectural Digest, El Decor, they are all sort of aspirational magazines where you might look at these homes and they're stunning, but realistically, you're probably not going to invest in a $10,000 couch. So while I love looking at those magazines, I also think that it's really important for us to have something that's a little bit more attainable. So when we feature house tours, um, we always love to feature local designers, of course. And when I say local, that means any of our Nest locations. So we've currently got 12 locations throughout Virginia, um, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia. Right. So, yeah, like, where's the last one? Um, so when we say local, it's sort of that whole region. So we want to tap into the interior designers to, to know what's happening in our little area of the planet. Um, and so for those home tours, we want them to be things that are, you know, designers that are working in your town that you could theoretically hire those designers. And even if you can't hire a designer, throughout the house tours, we always glean some insights from them and ideas from them on what, what you can do in your home to make it look like a designer came in and designed your house. Um, so I think that's sort of the first step is kind of getting the design component dialed in. And we're now in our 10th issue and we've done a lot of themed issues. So currently this new issue is the inspiration issue. We've done the green issue. Um, what else have we done? We've done the throwback issue where we did some like vintage things that are now making a reoccurrence and design trends. So we like to do some themes just to kind of like center our content around that gives us kind of a starting point. Um, and then we also do a big, a big component of the magazine is keeping things local. So in addition to featuring local designers, we also do a section called local love. And in that we highlight 
um, restaurants and family fun activities, new bars, new um, beautiful hotels that may exist that you can get some design inspiration from. So we always try and keep a local voice while keeping an eye on national trends when it comes to things like interior design or real estate market. But we always want to come back and have a really local voice. And I, I love the fact that you know you talk about attainable, and, and we, as we talk as a team from a marketing standpoint, we always like to say that we want our marketing to be professional and approachable. We don't, you know, we, we want somebody to be able to look at it and say that that's real or, you know, just like you said, like that you can attain it and not everybody can afford a $10,000 couch or a $50,000 rug. Um, and so, and I, and I, you know, I do get the feedback from, from folks that they use our magazine as a guide. Um, you know, I've had clients from Charlottesville that have gone down to Wilmington uh, for vacation, and they use it as a guide of, of spots to go eat restaurants and places to go see. So um, that's it's really great that it's useful. I mean, and I know you've got story after story um, of that. What, can, let me ask you this question: What 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 feedback do you get from a, from our agents uh, about the magazine? I'd love to love to hear your your take on that. Any any stories that you have about that? Yeah, I mean, so far all of the feedback that we've gotten, like I said, we're now in our tenth issue, and the magazine comes out twice a year. So we've been doing this five years now. And all of the feedback that we've gotten thus far has been super positive. I think, you know, just the initial impression of feeling this this tactile thing in your hand that's delivered to you in the mail is super impressive to begin with. Um, so I think that that makes an impact right away. And the fact that it's a personalized magazine from their agent that lands on their doorstep twice a year, I think, makes a big impression. Like, wow, who is this company and kind of what are they doing? And, and my agent's really kind of thinking outside of the box. Like you had mentioned earlier, there's not many brokerages doing magazines that are quite like this. There, there might be other magazines that include a lot of home listings, but an actual useful like home decor lifestyle magazine is, is pretty unique. So I think, first of all, the fact that that's coming directly from the agent, um, I don't know if we want to get into this quite yet, but uh, the magazine does have customizable components. So for our agents, their, their name appears on the outside cover. Then when you flip open the inside, there's a letter from them along with their photo um, sort of introducing this issue of the magazine, having a little customizable message to them. And on the back cover, it allows the agent to put um, either a few of their current listings or a message from them or recently sold properties and kind of touting what they're doing in the marketplace. So the fact that it's really customizable, I think, is a big benefit to the agents that they enjoy. Um, and then, yeah, then the feedback that they're getting from their clients has been super overwhelmingly positive. I mean, we hear from people that it's like they're so excited to get the magazine in the mail and they can't wait to, to flip through and see what's in this issue and finding new ideas, new inspiration. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all been positive. We have one fun story that in our spring 2019 issue, we had um, for our curb appeal article, which is something that where we go find like a beautiful house in one of our locations. The front of it has to be like really aesthetically pleasing with some some different things to call out. And we do sort of a shopping guide based on that. So we'll call out the pink colors and maybe the front door and the front numbers and maybe some landscaping. We kind of break it all down so that if someone wants to replicate that look at their own house, they can do so. So one of our readers, an agent, um, an Asheville agent had sent this magazine to one of their clients and they were getting ready to sell their home and they loved the colors of the Wilmington home. So they actually painted their house um, using that exact same color palette and put it on the market and sold it. So that was a really fun story for us to be able to be like, wow, okay, it's actually 
used, like it's actually being used. And that's sort of the ultimate compliment for us. So I want to step back a second. You know, you talked about the personalization, how the, you know, the cover says it's from, you know, the agent and the note from the agent, et cetera. Was it always like that? Or, or, or was there a, 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 a sort of a tipping point, if you will, where you said, we wanted to, you know, we, it's obviously coming from Nest. But we, want, we want to make it coming from the agent as well. Yeah, so great question. Um, no, it wasn't always like that. When we first started out on the front cover, it said courtesy of Nest Realty. And then on the inside, it wasn't customizable. Um, and it was just a general uh, beautiful photo that we were using. So everyone got the same thing. And then on the back cover, it always did have the agent's name. So it was always coming from that person if you look at the return address, but it wasn't necessarily immediately apparent that it was coming directly from your agent, not just Nest Realty as a brand. So as we've sort of, we've changed um, shipping houses a couple of different times, and we've gotten to a place now that we're, we're pretty happy with our current printers um, because they allow for that variable data component that we've sort of dipped our toes into it. So we've added one thing at a time, and then we continue to keep adding things um, and as time progresses, there's even an opportunity as, as Nest grows and our locations grow, um, there's going to come a point, you know, we've got 12 current locations, but there's going to come a point where there's so many locations that being able to keep a local authentic voice is going to get more challenging. So we may develop regional versions of the magazine where perhaps the first eight to 10 pages are customizable for a specific region. Um, and there may be even more opportunities for the agents there to be able to put, um, you know, additional information from, from specifically that agent. Because, again, we always want to reinforce that this is not just coming from Nest Realty, but coming from your actual specific agent. Well, you, you touched on it a little bit about the the future of the magazine and, and and of Nest as well. I mean, how do you the concept of storytelling? I mean, I think that it's you know we we can always put out you know new listings, new solds, what have you. I think that's something that is commoditizable. Um, what what's the future of storytelling within within the real estate space as a whole? Well, I think we all learn from and are influenced by storytelling, right? I mean, that's how we as humans learn from one another. It's in almost every industry. Now, there's being more value is being placed on storytelling because we've been able to quantify the value of story, thanks to, you know, more sophisticated analytics and tracking, especially when it comes to social media. We can really sort of see this value of story, which I didn't think we previously saw. Um, so relating back to real estate, your home is sort of the base of your personal story. It's where you start and end your own story every day. And I think sort of as the the landscape of real estate changes, where the property cycle is now like every seven to 10 years, you're looking at buying a new home. I think there's, there's a little bit more freedom to rewrite your own home-based story. I think as a culture, um, we're more aware of the value of a home and how important your home is to tell your personal story and, and sort of your general well-being. We're understanding that your environment really impacts how you feel as a person and how you function throughout the day. So I think that for us, for the magazine and as an overall brand of Nest Realty, we're not just selling a home, but we're selling the base of a person's story. Yeah, that's great. I would I would echo that in saying that a you know a big piece of storytelling is building trust. Like you can, you know, there, there's businesses are trying to. That's I mean that's the holy grail is if you if your clients can trust you or in our case clients can trust our brand and our and our agents, then that's that's what we're looking for. So this is for us is a is a component. It's a big component. We we think. Um, of helping to build that trust of, uh, you know, they know local, they're professional, they have, they care about design. If I'm going to sell my house, you know, I, if somebody's going to list their house, 
they want the marketing and the design to be top notch. Um, I think as a baseline. So this just gives us I mean, one one of many reasons why how storytelling in this case can can build trust uh, with our clients. I think that our content overall between the magazine and Nest Realty, our really our goal is to position us as more of a more than a real estate brokerage, but a lifestyle brand. So yes, we want to help you buy or sell your home, but we want that our relationship to live on much past that phase. So now that you've purchased a home, like how do you maintain it? How do you decorate it? What's happening in your new neighborhood? Um, we want to really stay involved in your daily life and keep Nest Realty top of mind so that when you're ready to move on to your next home, we're the obvious and natural choice. Hey, Jazz, what do you, what do you love about the magazine? Everything. <laughs> I love the look of it, the feel of it, the content. Um, we had previously used um, a, a different design firm that we were working with, um, and they did a great job, but we made the decision a few issues in to bring the design in-house. And now I'm able to work alongside our design director, Paige Lee Chancellor, and work on the magazine. And I think it's really elevated the magazine's look and feel. Um, it's a lot more cohesive now, and her and I are able to work kind of side by side and really make sure that that every element of the magazine is really serving us well. So, um, you know, the, there's like call-outs throughout the magazine to really emphasize certain things and and font types and all the different things that I think really just make it feel like a nice, cohesive piece that Nest Real- Magazine has its own sort of style, but it's definitely still in line with the Nest Realty branding. So from a aesthetic standpoint, I love it. I love the look of it, the feel of it, the weight of it. I think we're so lucky to have a 52-page magazine. Um, you know, it's not just a flimsy flyer that you receive in the mail, but an actual beautiful magazine that you're proud to, to lay out. Um, and then, you know, the content. I think it's great. I think we've done a good job at maturing and evolving and, and hearing feedback from the agents of what they think is resonating well and what isn't. Um, you know, we've shifted some some of our some of our articles that we found have been doing well, like our trend alert and curb appeal and love local love. I've mentioned all those. Those will continue to keep in the magazine, and then we're always changing out our feature articles. Um, one thing that we changed up, we used to have a section called Meet the Makers, where we would interview various artisans from around the community, and we love that. But we sort of felt like everyone else was doing something about makers, so we wanted to switch that up. And now we have something a uh, column called Give Boldly which is allows us to interview local philanthropists from each community. And so we're really just loving interviewing people and finding out, you know, what are, what are these passionate, amazing things that they're doing to better their community. So I think that's a fun new, um, new column that we've got going that we're really proud of. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I just love every, every bit of it. And I hope to continue as we move forward to just continue to mature and elevate the magazine. So I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here looking at the at the layout for the next magazine. So I'm going to ask my question, and Jonathan will have the last question. But so it, one, it looks beautiful in the you know, big big printout on our table here at Nest. Um, when does it come out? So it comes out twice annually. It comes about about mid October is our fall winter issue, and then it comes out in mid April our spring summer issue. So we've got the next one, you know, coming out soon. So cl- clearly, right, we're we're ten issues in, which is uh, it's really amazing to think back that we've d- that you know we you mainly and the and the marketing team have done this um, have done this ten time, and I'm sure every issue that you work on, you are just pouring over details, you know, content, um, overall design, what's in insp- well, you know, in- different inspiration, you know, I, I know 
the effort that you put into everything from, you know, it doesn't matter if it's the cover page to page 37. I mean, every, every detail you're pouring over. So this podcast being sweat the details, tell me about the one detail that you sweat on a daily basis with Nest Magazine. Well, <laughs> since I'm 37 weeks pregnant, <laughs> the arrival of my child is definitely the detail that I'm currently sweating the most. That's understandable. <laughs> but um, for the magazine, and I think sort of Nest Realty in general, it's really just keeping um, you know keeping our channels and our content full of interesting things. So I always want there to be like we're taking a new angle or we're looking at something from a new perspective or we're flipping things around, you know, doing things that are a little bit out of the norm. Um, obviously, we're not an edgy publication, so we're not trying to, like, push the boundaries too far, but we always want to just kind of come at things from a new perspective and present sort of a new way of looking at things. Um, so, yeah, I think I think just having consistent consistent content in the magazine and then which pushes to our social media channels is really sort of what I, what I sweat on a daily basis. Awesome. Um, so I, I wanted to say one last thing before we, before we let you go, um, for the people who are not yet in the nest family, what's the link to, to subscribe again? The link to subscribe is nestrealty.com forward slash magazine. And awesome. on there, you can subscribe, get a free subscription that we'll send you twice annually. And there's also a link there to our digital platform, which is Issue, I-S-S-U-U. And you can go there and you can see all 10 previous issues in digital form, and it's a free downloadable platform. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jasmine. And once again, yeah, my pleasure. kudos to you for you know delivering just an amazing uh, magazine twice a year. And uh, I know it's a, it, it takes a village and you've got a, a great team behind you, but uh, kudos to you and thanks for everything you do. And um, uh, we appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for making us so look much. so my great. My pleasure.